This is episode 35 of the Lingolstown Life podcast. This is the fourth and final message in our mental health series called Through the Darkness. In his sermon, Pastor Taylor Poff preaches about the importance of connection. He draws from the metaphor of the three sisters in gardening to show the importance of living in community with others. This message was first preached on January 24th, 2021 at the Lingolstown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Lingolstown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. Well, good morning. Again, I'm Pastor Taylor from the Rockville campus of Lingolstown Life. What I want you to do right now in your minds, in your imagination, and if you're online with us, to write in the chat, I want you to describe what you think a garden looks like. What do you imagine a garden looks like? In your mind, is a garden ever just one singular potted plant? No. Gardens are not things that thrive in isolation or singularity. Gardens are places of growth, of exchange, rich soil odors and textures of all type, places of cross-pollination, communal life, and symbiosis. If we picture ourselves as gardeners of faith or as crops of faith within a garden space, we're designed for community— for sharing, for exchange. But what does it mean to have a garden of faith when we're struggling with feelings of loneliness, feelings of isolation? Many of us in this past year have learned what it feels like to be lonely. We've had limits on gatherings. We've had people missing at our holiday tables. We've missed out on meeting total strangers in new places. Weddings, baptisms, and funerals have been smaller and sometimes more somber. People are trying to do their best but are often feeling isolated. Even for me as an extreme introvert who could go days alone, I've missed people. I've felt lonely. Whether you are this morning or you have in this past year felt lonely, it's something that often feels like something that creeps into our soul's garden and takes root. Now many of us are thinking, but we have something to cure this feeling of loneliness. We have screens and social media, things to scroll endlessly on. But what's so interesting about social media in particular is that there is always a very strange paradox to it. Research shows us that it causes us to have more strong negative feelings of isolation than feelings of positive social connection. No matter the platform, there is often increased feelings of negative experiences that cause loneliness. According to the University of Pittsburgh, there is actually no positive experience that creates us feeling more connected. We only feel more negative more isolated. And what's interesting, too, is that our social media interactions that are negative may make us more likely to isolate 
and existing feelings of isolation can also lead us to use social media more. It's a catch-22. It's a cycle. What's so interesting, too, is that social media, when we use it more than 30 minutes a day, causes more extreme feelings of anxiety or depression, especially in teenagers. It causes higher uh, reported feelings of isolation or negativity. It helps us to feel more and more lonely, scrolling into eternity, but not connected. But fortunately for you and for me, loneliness is something that actually connects us to the people of the Scriptures. In John 4, Jesus intentionally goes through the area of Samaria. It's a place Jesus is not supposed to go, as we talked about this summer. It is a place of ethnic and social and religious difference. The Israelites could not believe there was such thing as a good Samaritan, and vice versa. Jesus intentionally goes to a place of difference and encounters a very lonely woman at the well of Jacob. And it's here at the well that loneliness becomes transformed into community and connection. In the first century, century, Israelite and Samaritan women would go to a well in the morning or in the evening as a group. It was the water cooler of the time or the homeroom class. It was where socially, social gatherings happened, where women would make business deals, where they would talk about their troubles or their families. It was a place of great transformation and community. And yet Jesus, as we see in this picture by a South Asian artist, has made, Jesus goes to meet a woman who's intentionally gone at a time when there is no one else. She goes in the middle of the day, the hottest time of the day, when she knows people won't be there. We know from what Jesus tells the woman in the discussion that she is someone who's had numerous husbands. If you research it a bit more, it seems that she's not making bad life choices, but is a victim of abuse. And what's interesting is not that her community reaches out, but instead they shame her more. They ostracize her. She goes to the well because she is living life on the fringe, not because of her own choices, but because how people have treated her, how people have judged her. While her life has been given no value, Jesus comes and encounters this woman in a transformative way. What I love about this art is that the woman seems shocked that someone would be there, that someone would treat her with respect, that someone would have a conversation in the midst of her loneliness. Jesus encounters her at the well and brings in life. He describes what he knows about her already, not in judgment, but in joy and in understanding. And what is interesting to me, too, is that in verse 26, Jesus tells her that he is the Messiah. He has 12 people following around who he has not revealed that to yet. Yet this woman finds something meaningful at this well. I think you and I have, many of us, have had experiences of a well in our own faith walk. Where we've met Jesus in our prayers, in our song, in service of other, in our walks in the woods, in our doing of mindfulness, or perhaps in our work. We've met God in a way that transformed us, a God who knows us so well that we can no longer feel lonely. And what's so interesting about this story is it's not just the end of it. 
The woman just doesn't meet Jesus and they part ways. Instead, she goes from being the community outcast to the community organizer. She goes into the Samaritan town, calling people out of their homes, knocking in every door, ringing every doorbell. She's going out to the people who've judged her, who've made snide comments, and today's world would have blocked her profile. She invites them out to meet Jesus. She goes into the world that avoids her, bringing in liberation and relationship. That's a beautiful thing to do. In scriptures, in verses 39 through 41, we read this. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. Her testimony was this. He told me everything I ever did. If I was just to translate that off the cuff, he understood me. He saw me. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they urged Jesus to stay with them, and he stayed for two more days. And because of Jesus' words, many more became believers. Because a lonely woman met a God who transformed her, she transformed her community. She goes from being the one who's cast out and on the fringe to the community organizer. And I want to change gears. If you're in the chat, I want you to answer this question. Do you know who the three sisters are? Maybe you have three sisters and that's what you think the answer to this is. But what is interesting to me is this gardening term, the three sisters. It comes out of the Iroquois and Navajo cultures in the, in the United States. It's actually very different depending on where you are regionally. But traditionally, it's a practice of planting corn, squash, and beans all together in spring or in summer. You see, these three crops, they grow okay when they're on their own. You can, you can grow some beans, you can grow some corn, but often it takes too much from the soil. Often you need a lot more pesticide to keep it under control. But what's interesting is if you grow corn, squash, and beans, the three sisters together, they benefit each other greatly. The crops will work together to complement those that, are, that you would think are in competition with each other. Corn provides tall stalks for the beans to climb up so that they can get above those squash vines. Beans give nitrogen into the soil and actually help stabilize the corn if there's wind. The beans add a lot of nitrogen to help both plants. And the squash plants keep the ground shaded so that the soil can keep in a lot of moisture. These three sisters work okay if they're alone or isolated, but they work incredibly well to transform each other when they're grown together. As people of faith, we need to be like the three sisters, living our lives in community with God and with others. Jesus invites us into a connection with Jesus and with our faith community and the community and world at large. We need to have relationships that are symbiotic, helping the other to grow. That's one thing that I'm excited about what we're doing at the Rockville campus. We're going to be creating a community garden. It's a place where we as church people can go and be present. It's where God can show up in our neighborhood. And it's where our neighborhood can have a safe space to make meaningful relationships with each other and with us. 
I've worked at a few community gardens in my short life. But at, as I've done that, it's been in the place of extreme transformation and where I feel like I've met God very closely. I worked at one rural church that had everyone over a certain age. It was all very monochrome in ethnicity and race. And yet in this garden, there was tons of new life and interesting ways. There was families of all ages, kids for the first time. There were people who were speaking multiple languages. It was diverse in color and in creed. It was a place where the sacred was meeting the ground. I often felt like Moses having to take my shoes off to walk on holy ground. It was a place of community connection. So what you can do is if you're interested in getting involved with the community garden is reach out to me. We're going to be starting it in the next few months. Growing seedlings into seeds, excuse me, seeds into seedlings and seedlings into plants. We're going to be trying all sorts of other cool initiatives as well. So also if you're interested, we are going to be giving out seeds so you can experience some growth in the midst of February. On February 7th at the Lingostown campus, you could pick up your seed packets, grow them at home, share them with your friends. If you're at a Rockville campus, you could pick them up the next day, Monday, during our community classrooms. This is a way that you can experience growth, see God's work at work. And you can also do it to make connection with us and our neighborhood. And you can do so much more as well. If you don't have a green thumb or a wannabe green thumb, you can still live out what the woman at the well learned. You can reach out to Jesus if you're feeling lonely or even if you aren't feeling lonely. Find time to go to your well. Whether it's reading scriptures, praying, singing, walking in the woods, doing mindfulness or yoga. I myself every week run along the Susquehanna River and I just speak out loud. As if I am at a well. I mean, it's a much faster well technically, but it's a place where I meet God. Where can you reach out to God when it's easier to scroll or use a screen? How can you reach out to someone else? You see, when we get connected with God, we are pushed to get connected with our church and our community at large. So reach out to someone this week who you may think is lonely. If you feel lonely, don't be embarrassed. Reach out to someone. We all can afford to make time for someone else in our life, some sort of intentional conversation. And that's what we ought to strive to be if we want to live into this lesson of the three sisters' plants. Reach out to someone as God has reached out to you. Reach out to God daily so that we may grow in better, excuse me, Grow like a garden that's connected together. All this in the name of Jesus Christ, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Lingolstown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you'll leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.lingolstownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.